So, yeah, and I didn't care about going to coffee, you know, yeah, like yeah. and getting a coffee with them because I don't want coffee, really. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to waste half an hour of their time with small talk. Yeah. You know, I think for you want to make a really good first impression and build a rapport so they want to hang out with you again. Yeah. Um, and that's with anyone. That's when you're recruiting. Yeah. That's when you're finding a partner in life, yeah. you know. Yeah. You just, yeah. So, anyway, built a relationship with a few key players in the investment scene and yeah. they helped me drive the round over the line and raise the first capital. This podcast is for founders, entrepreneurs and dreamers like you. I want you to be able to learn from the stories of other founders and investors. On What Money Got Money with Sam Kamani, entrepreneurs from all around the world come and share their stories, what made them successful, what mistakes they could have avoided. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to success. So today we have Charlie Meaden here with us on the show. He is a serial entrepreneur. He has had multiple startups that he has started and he has done funding rounds um, at least three or four times that I am aware of. But today he will tell a bit more about his journey. He'll share about how he went out and managed to raise money so many times. And currently he is the CEO and co-founder of Gembot. So Gembot is an AI fintech startup. So why don't we just hear from Charlie? Charlie, it's great to have you here on the show. Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. Yeah, so at the moment what I'm working on is a systematic investment platform and fund yep. uh, which just focuses on AI but from an augmented kind of lens. So we're using uh, machine learning and AI blended with human interaction to basically get better gains from the stock market. Yep. So yeah, so how did you get started um on your entrepreneurship journey, what was your sort of first project or what yeah. was the first thing you did? I kind of, I did a few things. I started off kind of being an avid pro gamer yep. uh, where I spent a lot of time playing video games competitively and that was really fun. I learned a lot through that whole period, even about business. Yep. And I kind of stumbled into the jewelry manufacturing business. Yep. So I trained as a goldsmith and then a couple couple years down the line I started my own manufacturing business. Yep. And that was the start into entrepreneurship and uh kind of creating my own businesses. Yeah. That, that, that my... is that is a massive step to just go out in faith and you know start a business on your own, which pretty much I know a lot of people who procrastinate for so many years, I don't know why. What gave you the courage to Well, I was quite young. I was yes. quite young and I didn't really know what I didn't know. I think, interestingly, you know, sometimes when you're a little bit younger, you're a little bit more naive yep. to the consequences. Yeah. But it, in general, I had a good... I'd built up through employment, I'd built up a, a reasonable network. Yeah. And I felt like I could actually earn a lot more... And, well, I could earn as much as I was earning, at least. I was kind yeah. of thinking, worst case scenario, I'm going to earn as much as I am earning currently, yeah. but I'm going to put in half the hours. Yeah. Which meant I could, you know, pursue pro gaming. Pro gaming. Or, or, yeah. Then when I started getting into tech and right, yeah. learning to code and getting into kind of startups, it gave me that freedom to to uh, also explore and, and do that. So, yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, for me, it was I had some money saved. I bought, I built up a bit of goodwill with a bunch yep. of my network, and yeah, just decided to do it really. Yep. And I kind of built it out with my previous employer that I would contract to them on a per piece basis. Yeah. So I was still essentially, they were still doing some of my lead generation and bringing me work. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which was cool. But the, but I was getting paid per piece rather than per hour. Yeah. So all I knew was as long as I became more efficient, I yep. would make more money. Did you raise any money for your first venture? No, no the first venture was actually... It was the opposite. It was the it was a cash flow machine. Yeah. It was all it was all really margin actually. That's pretty cool. It was highly profitable. The jewelry industry is insanely profitable. Yeah. You know, your margins are anywhere between kind of a couple hundred percent to thousands of percent. Wow. Yeah, it was low expenses because I had part like I had built relationships with people and kind of rented hot desks almost their facilities. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, just that's probably why you had such favorable margins because yes. you had low overheads. Yeah, low overheads was key. Yeah, and then yeah, it was all real. Mar- it was really all margin. It was all kind of margin, which yeah. is great. It was all, almost fully profitable because they would provide the materials, and I would actually keep the leftover materials. Yeah, and something that actually happens in the jewelry in, in the jewelry industry yes. is you keep the metal, the yeah. offcuts. And the shavings. Yeah. And it's kind of like a yearly bonus. So you yeah. save up all of your precious metal for the year and then you yeah. and you hand it in and you get a bunch of money. Oh, that's... Uh, which is cool. Too bad you can't do that with your code. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you, you commented out code. something and yeah. then you have all the commented out code <laughs> and you deposit it somewhere and Stack Overflow will pay you for your comments. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> the, the, I, I would have... Uh, Plenty of money now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, yeah. So, this brings me to the question, when was the first time you raised money for something? It doesn't have to be for a startup. It it could be for anything. It could be for a non, like, non-for-profit, charity, or for a startup. Well, my first startup was that I raised money for. I briefly yes. got experience in a gamified recycling startup before starting my own which gave me the experience that i needed to really start my own business and start my own startup not that that was even enough experience but it was it gave me the confidence to basically build a product and launch it quickly yeah which i think is key and uh, yeah it was oh it must have been around 2016 that i raised money for the first time for uproar which was a, a reward platform for gamers yep so and yeah so raise the money, yeah, and uh, got going. How did you like? You know, I do get asked by a lot of founders all the time. How do you even get started? Where do you go? It's like you can't just go to people and say, "Hey, give me money." Where did, what was the first thing you did when you decided, "Okay, I want to raise some money"? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I understood. I I listened to a lot of podcasts, read about a bunch of books. Yep. There's this kind of prevailing wisdom that you yes. don't ask for money you ask for advice and that was really key to my strategy so i basically went around and i just looked at all of the possible places i could raise money from from new zealand yeah and then i just started building a relationship with those guys yeah and in fact i knew i was going to raise money for uproar when i was working at the previous startup 
Yeah. So when I was at the previous startup, I was having some uh, issues with the equity. It wasn't being... Uh, Fairly divided? It wasn't being contractualized. Oh, okay, yeah. That's even a word. Yeah. So there was no contract for, okay. my, for yeah. my sweat equity. And I'd been doing it for a year, not being paid, yes. doing it for sweat. And it was it was fine anyway, because I knew it was a, a learning experience. Uh, it was a valuable yeah. experience anyway. But if, you know, if you're expecting something, yeah. uh, you should make sure that you get it. Yeah. Or if you're not going to get it, you should get out. Yeah. So I knew I was going to raise money from these guys. So I just went and asked for some advice about something completely out of the out of the realm of what I'd eventually ask them for. Yeah. And just started building a relationship. Yep. And uh, yeah, made some made some friends in that meeting. Yep. And then you know went away for yeah. six months probably. The platform. Well, I built the platform in 30 days, but, you know, I ended that relationship and, yes. you know, there was a probably, yeah, probably yeah. a decent chunk of time before yeah. I spoke to them again. And the whole raising took, I think, about four months for the first round. Yeah. yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Which was good. It was very lucky to do it that quick. That is, um, that is, in New Zealand, it is... For New Zealand standard, it's very, very quick because a lot of founders spend even up to a year of going after it. Yeah, I had, um, I had some key, I had some key investors yes. that were champions of yeah. me, really. Yeah, more so than the product, and we can get into that later. Yeah, where I just really built a good relationship with a few people. Uh, yeah, and they were they trusted me. Yeah, and I think that's very key is just to be transparent yourself yep. and try and basically be true to what you say you're going to do and what you can yep. go and do. And, you know, there were times where I'd have conversations with them when yep. they knew I wanted to raise money from them, but I would have a conversation with them, take the advice and I'd go away and they wouldn't hear from me for a couple of months. Yeah. And then I would go, I would go and achieve everything they said to do that was relevant. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is such good advice that you were Showing them results before you, in fact, ask them for money. So, yeah, and I didn't care about going to coffee, you know, yeah, like yeah. and getting a coffee with them because I don't want coffee, really. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to waste half an hour of their time with small talk. Yeah. You know, I think for you want to make a really good first impression and build a rapport so they want to hang out with you again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's with anyone. That's when you're recruiting. Yeah. That's when you're finding a partner in life yeah. you know yeah you just yeah so anyway built a relationship with a few key players in the investment scene and yeah. they helped me drive the round over the line and raise the first capital oh that's that's very inspirational i'm sure it'll be very helpful for a few people so what are you working on these days uh, yeah so the new venture is gembot yeah uh, which is as mentioned before a systematic Trading platform and fund. Yep. I've been working on that for quite a while, actually. I worked on it while working out my employment of a previous startup. Yep. Or a previous company, should I say, rather than yeah. a startup. Yeah. And I've been, yeah, I, I built the strategy over really over 18 months, over the yep. last 18 months. Well, not, well, it's coming up to kind of a couple years now. Yeah, so, yeah, about two years ago, I started really jumping into investing. Yeah. And the public markets were the easiest way to get exposure to investments. Yeah. The least barrier to entry. It's permissionless. Yes. In many cases. 
and started building a strong strategy built off of a number of investors. Yeah. And then data-driven kind of indicators, basically. Yeah. And I traded that for 18 months. Last year, my gains were over 130%. Oh, that's um, pretty impressive. And I figured at that point that it seemed repetitive. What, yeah. The strategy that I was using was the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this should be an algorithm. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. I can only manage 10 to 15 positions at any given time. Yeah. It seems like I could basically, yeah, systematize it. Yeah, yeah. I have a close friend who I was also working with who has a master's in mathematics and is yes. a great mathematician and engineer. Yeah. And we just started writing code together on, yeah. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And then we finished the first version by New Year's Eve. Yeah. And the rest is history. And we've done done a crazy amount in the, in since December to now, today. Yeah, yeah. We've raised money. We've piloted our fund strategy yes. four times yeah already and uh, successfully closed those out over the last uh quarter so we did four four funds in the quarter with yeah. a uh return across each one so of 68 percent for the quarter yeah and we provided investors a return of 54 percent after fees yeah that was a great su- a great success yeah and uh now we've built the platform and we've got a university initiative that we just started uh, yeah. where we're taking. So how does that work, the university initiative? So we what? set up this challenge where yeah. univers- teams of university students can basically build off of some templates that we've given them. Yep. And they can build their own strategies and it's, yep. it's emulating what they'd really have to do if they were to start a fund. Yeah. So they have to create strategy they got to have a strategy deck to basically pitch to investors, which is us in this case. Yes. And then they will paper trade and provide fund updates for 15 yeah. weeks. So for people who don't know what's paper trade, can you describe? So, yeah. So paper trading is just where you trade on uh, a market. Yes. On, and it's not real money. It's play yeah, money. It's play so money. Yes. you can sign up to paper trading accounts and get, you know, into investing, yep. you know, without actually putting money on the table. Yep. You can also run, write and run algorithms on paper trading without any real money. Yep. We didn't take that approach because we felt like real money would make investors more interested. Yes. Because you could run 10 paper trading accounts and just take out the one that's the, the best one and then show yeah. that to investors. So yeah. I put my money in. You know, through 2018, 2019, yeah, and grew it substantially, yeah. And again, the the you know, we raised the money during COVID, yeah. Um, and it was an accidental fundraise, really. It was yeah. we weren't planning on really raising any money, and a couple individuals that are good friends of ours and trust us yes. just really wanted to get involved, yeah. And they've been massive, highly active, highly engaged. We raised. Uh, an accidental fundraise yes. with some great guys that we trusted and they yes. trusted us and we have a great rapport. Yeah. And the rest is really history and that in the fundraising sense, it was, it was very easy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the easy bit? What made it easy? We'd already had a, re- we already had a relationship with them. So, would, so the key is that build a relationship with people who would potentially invest in future. 
Yeah. That's that's about it. And there was no expectation <laughs> yes. of actually them investing. Yeah. They came to me before I left my previous company. Yeah. Um, saying, how can we help you move on? Yeah. And give you the money so that you could move on. Yeah. Obviously not for free. They take equity. But yeah, they they really want to see me succeed. And though, That's and, very cool. And and that is really key, is you want to find people that really genuinely want you to win. Yep. And you don't always have to go after smart money. I think yeah. that going after smart money is sometimes a distraction. Yeah. Really, you should just get stupid money, and yeah. that money should be quiet while you go and execute. Unless yeah. you're not going to execute. And then you may... Need then, smart money. then you may need smart money, but... Yeah. You know, as long as... As long as you do your job, yeah, you should really not need much influence from investors, especially early on. Yeah, because it's so speculative anyway. Yeah, for us it's not right because we're running a fund. Yeah, so it's not speculative. We have a mar- we have product market fit. Yes. Whereas traditional SaaS startups and stuff, it's really difficult. Yeah, getting those early adopters. You know, getting them to trust your trust you're going to be around in three to six yes. months. And so on and so on. So I think for us, we've been lucky in that this new venture is permissionless. Yeah. Even if we couldn't raise any money, yes, we could do it ourselves. Yeah. And it would just take a little bit longer. Yeah. So oh, no. that, that is really good. So the fact that you didn't need money that instantly, really helped. that really helped you guys. It also helps from a positioning standpoint. Yes. Because I've been on the wrong side of negotiations where... Essentially, I've given up a lot more of what I would want to in a negotiation, yes. whether it be equity or money or whatever. Yeah. Because I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first fundraise, we were pot committed to the fundraise. Yeah. And we had some adjustments in valuation at the last minute. Yeah. And I had to take it. Yeah. And uh, makes sense because you were desperate at that point. I was point, super so, desperate. Yeah. I'd let the revenues of the jewelry business declined because I was yes. focused on the fundraise because fundraising yes. is very time consuming generally. It is. Yes. And you have to go to a lot of, a lot People of, say it's like a full time job, just fundraising itself. Yeah. And emotionally it's draining. It's draining. And you're yes. going to these, you're kind of always on show. You're like yeah. the pony on show. <laughs> yes. When you're fun- fundraising. Oh, I don't love that. I've done it twice and, it was okay. Yes. But actually, after the, doing those two fundraisers, it's not something that I would, yeah, jump back into if I could avoid it. I mean, certain startups and yeah. certain situations, it's good to do it. But yeah, I, I don't like that part of fundraising where it's kind of all about signaling. Yes. But you have to do it. If someone wants to find you, where do they find you? If someone wants to connect with you, yeah, best place is probably Twitter. Yep. Which is at Uproar Charlie. Yep, at Uproar Charlie. Uh, at Uproar Charlie. And then obviously LinkedIn, I'm Charles Meaden on LinkedIn. Yep. And that's where you can also find And where can they find your latest project? Is it gembot.ai? Gembot.ai. And yeah. what about the university challenge? Yeah, so the university challenge is challenge.gembot.ai. And the registration just closed last night. Cool. So... But we're going to be doing content all the way through. So if anyone's interested in investing, yep. they could definitely follow along and uh, yep. learn a lot about investing and yep. how it works. 
So what are you looking for next? Are you looking for team members, um, investors, customers, users? What are you looking for? What's your ask? My ask, interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're always looking for talented people, for sure. Yeah. We're looking for problem solvers, you know? Yeah. That's why we're doing this challenge. We want yeah. the smartest people yeah. uh, to come work for us. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if if there are any interesting and talented problem solvers out there that look at the world and from a little bit of a different lens, not a yes. traditional lens, then that's kind of the the sort of person we're looking for at yeah. the moment. And, and that's really it. I mean, and obviously, you know, if you are in a, if you, you know, if someone does see this and they're in a position where they yes. can Invest. become a customer of Gembot, um, yeah. then, yeah, that is something that... So what happens? Talking. What sort of people does Gembot yeah. take as customers? And So at the moment, we are, we have two models. Yes. We have accredited investors, yep. accredited wholesale investors that can invest and we don't take a management fee or advisory fee. We just yep. take a carry on the profit. Yep. And so we're trying to be different and not just take money for the sake of holding someone's money. We yep. want to only make revenue if we get profits. Yeah. I think that's very important. And then we're also doing a, um, a debt raise yep. as well. So that's kind of not so much general investors you know, don't generally, won't really take that on. Yeah. That's more yeah. of something that a, that a slightly larger institution will do. Yeah. Where they can get a guaranteed uh, rate of return on, on their investment. Yeah. Even though it's not, you know, potentially as much as they'd get if they became a yeah. customer of Gembot. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah. So those are the two customers we're looking for. At yeah. the moment, we're being rather selective with who yeah. we bring in just because yeah. of the nature of it. And we want to have a good relationship with our customers and yeah. kind of they're coming along for the journey really. Yeah. Which we've obviously already got customers and yeah. um, are growing at the rate we want to. That's great. Finally, this is the top three things. So what is the book you are listening to on Audible or reading currently or one book recommendation. My favorite book. Is that yes. it? Yes. Yeah, kind of. Could be your favorite book or could be the one that you are reading now. Could be... Yeah, I, I think... Hood. I mean, I have so many. I'm yes. going to just pick one. I'm going to go for this for Stealing Fire. Yep. Stealing Fire is a great book. Who is it by? Do you know? Stealing Who is it by? Fire. Yeah. Okay, Stealing, Stealing Fire by uh, Stephen Kotler. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Stealing Fire by Stephen yeah. Kotler. So cool. I'll put the link one in of my, the one of my favorites. description. Any podcast recommendation? What's the podcast that you listen to? This Week in Startups is one of my favorites. And then Jason Calacanis yes. and yeah. has just started a new podcast called The All In Podcast. Yep. Um, I heard about that. Which I've been check it out. enjoying so. too. And then, of course, the Naval Podcast. Yeah. Those are... Yeah, those are the top podcasts I listen to. Podcasts, yeah. Uh, I've I've moved away from this week in startups, but I think for uh, new entrepreneurs, yes, uh, it's very helpful to understand the minds of what Silicon Valley is thinking. Yeah. Even though I think that generally Silicon Valley is deteriorating and losing its edge. 
Yeah. But it gives you a good idea of like the benchmark of where things kind of and the thinking is. Say for a new entrepreneur looking to kind of really gain then uh, a broader knowledge base of what's happening in the startup scene. I think that this week in startups is essential and there are thousands of episodes already. So you can binge. Binge on it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Next, the last one is if time and money were of no question, if you had unlimited time, unlimited money, what would you work on? What project? What would you build? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Well, I mean, it may sound a little cliche, but I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So I try not to think too much about money, although obviously I'm working at a fund yeah so the 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 objective is just to make money yeah really yeah so it could be the one that you're working on yeah i mean i can't see myself doing anything different right now yeah and the reason i like it is because it's just really hard problems yes i like holding like solving problems yeah so if i could just sit in a room and tinker and solve problems for the rest of my life and do jujitsu at the same time yeah not you do at it. the same time, but you know, separately. <laughs> Could be same time, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, I would do pretty much what I'm doing now. I I think that even though happiness is kind of obscure, uh, yes. you should just try and build your life to be as close to what you want it to be as possible. Absolutely. From a schedule perspective, yes. and thinking about what you're spending your time on. So yes. at the moment, I spend a lot of time, you know, with my family. Yeah doing a sport I enjoy and then yeah. solving hard problems. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's actually, you know, success or success from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. Aside, I'm pretty happy just doing what I'm doing. No, that's great. That's really, yeah, I'm sure it would be very beneficial. Everything that you have said for someone who is just starting out, who is just wanting to either raise money or who have raised money, and just even just for their own startup and personal journey, lots of insights out there. I will put all the links underneath in the show notes, anywhere in whatever platform you would be listening to. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that. 